Y'all excited about today? Y'all looking good? I'm excited I get my opportunity to talk about uh, relation tips today. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, this message has tagged my heart. It's helped me. It's benefited me. Uh, it can be a little touchy at times. It, can, it might rub you the wrong way a little bit, but that's what the Word of God sometimes does. It doesn't just tell you how good life is. It helps you cut those things off of your life to make your life a good life. And sometimes that's a little painful to do. Sometimes your flesh, in fact, most of the time, your flesh doesn't like it and will push back on it and resist it. But I encourage you today to have eyes that see and ears that hear and be just be open to the Word of God because the Word of God, if you apply it to your life, will bring the God kind of life that we're so desiring. That's why you're here this morning. That's why you've tuned in today. Not because there's something better to do, but because you know, you know God has something for your life and you know the only way for your life to be better is to do life with Jesus. Have you ever felt in your life abandoned? Have you ever felt betrayed? Have you ever felt like people have let you down? What about those people who are talking about you and slandering you, people who have rejected you, people who aren't necessarily doing what you want them to do and they're being nasty and they're being mean about it. You know, they, this, this comes at different degrees. Rejection. Comes at varying degrees. You know, some of you have been rejected harshly. Maybe your parents have abandoned you. Maybe, maybe spouses or relationships in the past have, have talked very rudely and degrading to you, and it's made an impact and a scar in your life. Those are deep-rooted rejections. And then there's simple rejections that we face every day. Those are the ones like this morning you stand there and you ask you know, someone else in the house, how do I look today? And they hesitate for two seconds. And you're like, okay, all right, I get it. You're rude. Goodbye, right? And uh, it comes at different degrees. Rejections and those pains that are done to you by other people. We've all been hurt by people. Am I the only one? Everybody in this room, everybody online, you've been hurt by someone. Could be your family members, could be your coworkers, your employers, your children, relationships, your friends, close friends, distance friends, acquaintances, people on social media that you don't even know. We've all been hurt by someone. But what do we do with those people behind the offensive things? That's what we're going to talk about today. What do we do with the people that have offended us? What do we do with the people that hurt our feelings? What do we do with the people who reject us on a daily basis? What do we do with those people who have betrayed us and hurt us and wounded us deeply? Truth is, most of us don't handle them very well. We haven't handled them well. Some of us are still obsessing over the things that have been said to us, the rejections, the betrayal. We allow those betrayals, those rejections, those offenses to become the foundation of who we are. We allow those offenses to be the driving force behind what we do. We spend all of our life, all of our tr time trying to get them back. 
those people that offended us, been rude to us, we still spend our time trying to get their approval back, trying to get them back into our lives. Or we spend our time trying to get them to love us again. We make all these changes trying to get them to love us again. Or we try to, you know, spend hours and hours trying to, well, what, what did I do wrong? What went wrong? What did really went wrong? Or we just simply, no, oh, you trash talking me. I'm just going to trash talk you. And we spend our time trying to justify, justify, justify what went wrong. Trying to defend ourselves. Trying to make them look bad so we can look better trying to 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 get them to hurt like like we hurt we allow them those who have caused us pain we allow that to become the foundation of who we are and then everything that we do is a response to that and we can become offended and then we become hurt and we become stuck and that hurt then can paralyze us and keep us from the jesus kind of life am i talking to the right people this morning okay I know I am because I'm talking to me. We don't realize that our offense is our offense. I'm going to say that again. Our offense is our offense. It's not hurting anyone but us. It's not hurting the one that we want it to hurt. When I'm offended at you because you hurt me, I'm offended at you and I want my offense to hurt you back. But the truth is my offense doesn't hurt you back. My offense is just continuing to hurt me. I have had multiple people over the years because of what we do in church. I have multiple people over the years come up and apologize to me and say, Pastor Sheree, I want to apologize to you because I've been offended at you and I've been mad at you. And I can tell you probably 99.9% of the time, I stand there and go, what are you even talking about? You've been, okay, I forgive you, but I didn't even know you were mad at me. And sometimes they've been mad at me for years. So here they have been tormented and offended at me for years. And I've been living my life free, blessed, enjoying life, not thinking one moment about them. It's because our offense is our offense. We're doing this thing all wrong. So if I'm trying to get back at you because you hurt me, I'm really not hurting you like you hurt me. I'm really continuing to hurt me. So we got to change this because this is new. Remember, uh, Tavo said it this morning, new things, new things. God's doing new things. Randy got up and he's declaring new things, new things. And this is what we believe in this relationship series is that God is doing new things in our relationships if he will let, if we will let him. So what do we do with those who we've been rejected by? What do we do with them? If I'm not supposed to be offended at them because the offense is mine, not theirs, and it doesn't hurt them, I'm just continue, continuing to hurt me, what is it that I do with those people we've been rejected by? You know, Jesus did say this in Luke chapter 17. He says, offenses will certainly come. We are, are all living in this world with people. 
And I don't know, those of you who are married and you loved each other and you just swooned over each other and thought each other were the 100% best thing ever, once you got married, you realized that you're not going to agree with each other 100% of the time. There are certain things that are going to offend you and irritate the heck out of you because you have to live in the same house and God expects for you to get along. The truth is we're human. We are not going to 100% of the time agree with each other 100% of the time. Offenses are going to come. Offenses are going to come. Just open your Instagram and scroll through a little bit. Offenses are going to come. But I love the, this, this key verse that we've been using in this series in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So this morning, we're going to look real quick. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do in the rela- with the relationships that were offensive, that could have been very offensive to him? Because Jesus had them just like you do. How did he handle it? The Bible talks about how the community of Jesus rejected him. In Matthew chapter 13, verse number 54, it says, Jesus returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed. And they said, where did he get his wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. Have you ever been scoffed at? You know, you stand up and talk about where you're going and what you're doing, and the people around you scoff at you, scoffed at Jesus. They said, ah, he's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mom, his brothers, his James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, his sisters live right here. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. Jesus' hometown the people who they, you know, supposed to hold up the signs and say, Jesus lives here, woohoo! No, his own hometown rejected him. Then the Bible talks about his followers. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, because we talk about the, the 12 disciples, we think that only 12 people followed Jesus around wherever he went, but that's not true. He had masses of people that followed him around wherever he went. He had groups of people that followed him around everywhere we went, he went. He had multitudes of people that were his disciples that followed him everywhere he went. One time Jesus was sitting and, and talking to, the, to, to, to them and, you know, they were amazed and they loved all the miracles that he did and they, they celebrated, man, the times where they sat on the grass and, and he broke bread and fish and fed them till they were full and there were baskets, you know, left over. They loved that part about Jesus. But then Jesus started talking things like this, you know, my body's going to be broken for you and if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. Right, then he started getting to the real nitty-gritty of things. Like, if you're going to be a follower of mine, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. There's some persecution that's going to come your way. There's some opposition that's going to come your way. Okay, they celebrated him when they were te- he was telling them all the good stuff. But then it says in John chapter 6, 66, when he said, you're going to have to drink my flesh and eat my blood. It says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Many of his disciples, when the Bible says many, it means more than not. 
says many of his disciples turned and deserted him. So then he looked at the 12, and he says, you going to go too? You all want to leave me too? You all want to abandon me too? All these guys are abandoning me. Do you want to abandon me too? They loved the miracles, but when he started getting real and speaking truth, they're like, bye-bye. And you all been there? Yeah, they love your friendship. They love the sodas you buy them and the Slurpees and the, yeah, the dinner. But when you start trying to talk truth, bye-bye. They're not my friend no more. I'll start posting my social media, my other friends. My other friends that we hang out with. Bible also said his family, the family of Jesus, rejected him. Mark chapter 3 says Jesus went home. Again, a crowd gathered, and there were so many people that Jesus and his followers couldn't even eat. It says when his family heard this, they went to get him because they thought he was out of his mind. They thought he'd gone crazy. And y'all family think you're crazy because you tithe and you give and you put Jesus first. Then it says in John chapter 7, verse number 4 and 5, his brothers, his brothers tell him this. They say, you can't be famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, go show yourself to the world. It says, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. See, this family's a tough one to be rejected by. Because sometimes you can handle those that in the masses because I really don't know all of their names. I can, you know, handle maybe some of those that are a little bit closer, but you start, my family, start rejecting me, that, that's a whole nother level of rejection. Because it doesn't matter how great the abuse in our family, we all want to be loved by our family. Isn't that a strange thing? Some of us who maybe our, our, our mothers have left us or our fathers have abused us or left us or our siblings, you know, just hate us to the core. You know, or our kids are just, you know, lashing out in anger at us. You know, we know that there's pain there, we, but, but yet there's still something. It doesn't matter how dirty you did me. There's something about your family that you want them to approve of you. The Bible says he were was rejected by his family. Then he gets down to a smaller group of people, the 12. Those are the, the little group that they hang out with. You know, they go to dinner. They, it's your little group of friends that they hang out with all the time. Those were his disciples he handpicked. Matthew chapter 26 says, while they were eating, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, one of you are going to betray me. See, Jesus even knew out of his handful of friends that he picked that one of them was going to be a betrayer. He says, greatly distressed, each one says, am I the one? Am I going to be the one that betrays you? Judas, the one who would betray me, betray him also said, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus said, you have, you've said right, you are the one. Even in Jesus' close circle of friends, he had a betrayer. And betrayal is a whole nother level. You have rejection. You have people ignoring you. You have people saying nasty things about you. But betrayal is a whole nother level. To be betrayed is a whole nother level. Betrayal is an act of deliberate disloyalty. On purpose, being disloyal. It's like your very best friend that knows everything about you telling all your secrets 
to someone else. Jesus was betrayed. So if you have been betrayed in this room, you are not alone in that. Jesus was betrayed. Now this is just a little bit of a side note because when Jesus was talking about being betrayed before he said that, he said, he says it's necessary for this to happen. He knew that there was a necessity in this certain betrayal. Sometimes betrayal can be part of the necessary process. Even in our lives, sometimes the betrayal can be part of the necessary process. The betrayal can position you for purpose. Now, I know that's hard because it's painful, but betrayal can position you for purpose. There are some people that needed to be removed from your life. It's God's mercy that some people have left your life. You are in this very room because there have been people that betrayed you, that has brought you into this place. Because betrayal can be part of the process. I find it interesting that we pray for God to remove all the wrong relationships, and then we get hurt and mad when he does. Right? We want only God to remove the ones that we don't want. When God knows who's necessary and who's not, God knows who's going to benefit you and empower you to walk into his purpose and plan and those who do not. So when you pray dangerous prayers like, God, remove every wrong relationship, when he starts removing those relationships, don't be trying to grab their pant leg making them stay. And spend the next six months, years, crying about the removal. Many times people betray you, not because they hate you, but because they love themselves. See, sometimes we just need the right perspective of things. There are many times that people don't betray you because they hate you. They betray you because they love themselves. They love themselves. Judas didn't hate Jesus when he betrayed him. Judas just loved money. Judas didn't hate Jesus. Judas didn't say, I'm going to go sell out Jesus because I hate him. I mean, I hate him. No, he sold out Jesus because he wanted the money. So there are people in your life that betray you, not because they hate you. So it's not us saying, well, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Why do they hate me so much? They don't hate you. They love themselves. They don't talk bad about you because they think you're so bad. They talk bad about you because they want to build up themselves. See, and if we can be aware of this, we can step back and go, okay, then I'm not going to get in the same back and forth battle with you because you don't hate me. You just love you. I don't know if you ever watch these shows like, survivor or big brother it's like a group of people living in a certain situation and they're trying to accomplish the goal in the end only one of them wins five hundred thousand dollars but in the process to get to the five hundred thousand dollars along the way you got to form alliances form friendships to get you they'll back you i'll back you you back me i'll cover you you cover me until they get closer to the end 
but then only one person can win. So I've got to betray somewhere along the line. They've got to start betraying their alliance. But when you watch it, it's not that they think they're horrible people that they're in alliance with. They start loving those people. They start thinking those people are great. But they have to betray them in order to win the money. So they're not betraying because they hate. They're betraying because they love something else. See, perspective sometimes is everything. It's important that we see things correctly. When people betray you, it reveals them, not you. But they're telling all my secrets. Yeah, no, they're really showing them, not you. So then we get Jesus. He's betrayed by one of his big group of people. Then you always see, last, last week, Andrew talked about uh, you know, relationships and talked about how Jesus hung out you know, with 12 of his disciples, and then he had an intimate three. And those three, Peter, James, and John, went with him everywhere. But even in that intimate three, there was one that bailed on him. In the very end when he needed him most. It says um, in Matthew chapter 36, verse 33, it said, man, Peter even said this to Jesus. When Jesus says, all of you are going to deny me, all of you are going to desert me, Peter says, oh, no way. He says, even if everyone deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus says, well, I tell you the truth. Tonight before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Nope, not going to do it. Even if I have to die with you, I won't deny you. All the disciples said, yeah, us too. In Mark chapter 14, it says, then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. Meanwhile, people, Peter followed him at a distance, went right into the priest's courtyard, and there he sat with the guards, warming himself from the, by the fire. Peter was in the courtyard below, and one of the servants' girls who works with the high priest came by, noticed him wa- warming himself at the fire, and she looked at him closely and said, you're one of those with Jesus. Peter denied it. Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. He went out and entry. just then a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man's definitely one of them. Peter denied it again. Nope. A little later, the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you're a Galilean. And Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. That's pretty, that's like, I swear, that's more than I swear on my mama's grave. That's like a curse on me if I'm lying. That curse on me if I lie. I don't know this man who you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' word flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times, three times that you even know me. And he broke down and he wept. Now there's a whole other message about being the denier of Christ or the denier of people or the rejecter of people or the betrayer of people because we've all been that too. Just a little reminder, right, before we point the finger at everybody else. We've been the betrayer. Okay. But here's what Jesus says about it all. And this is where we're getting to because, I mean, we see Jesus was rejected by the masses. Jesus was rejected by his family. Jesus was rejected by, rejected by the smaller group of people. Jesus was rejected by his th- best, best friends. But this is what Jesus says it about, about it all. Now, I need you to... Sit up straight and look straight ahead because this is getting really ready to be challenging. But this is the Bible. This is Jesus talking. Luke chapter 6. It says, what blessings await you when people hate you? 
and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. Do you know that's why people do reject you and mock you and curse you is because the favor and the blessing of God on your life? Because you're going somewhere in the kingdom? But listen to this. It says, what blessing awaits you when people hate you? What blessings await you when people hate you? Let's just let this sink in your heart, okay? Because some of you are like, no, but I need them to love me. I need them to love me. No, but I need them to invite me to the party. No, but I need them to want me. I need them to have me. I need them to stop talking about me. Let's let this sink in for a second, okay? What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens... This is the key Jesus has given us right here. When that happens, be happy. I told you, I told you. This is one of those things, it's like, "Mm, I don't like that though. The spirit on on the inside of you does, your flesh don't right now. It says, be happy, yes, leap for joy, (laughs) for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. You're not the only one people are talking about mocking. Be happy because blessings await you when it happens. See, the reason why we're not happy is because we don't think the blessing is awaiting us. So we just want to fight back, be mad and cry and spit and holler and hmm. Verse number 26 says this, how terrible for you when all speak well of you. How terrible for you when all speak well of you. Everybody loves me. Nobody ever talks about bad about me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they don't. Because you're only blessed when people do talk bad about you. You're only blessed when people do ignore you and you're excluded. I know that this is not the easiest thing to hear because this is just goes against our flesh nature. Because when you hit me, I want to hit you. When you reject me, I want to reject you back because it makes me feel better for about five minutes. True blessing only comes this way. How terrible for you when all speak well of you because the ancestors did the same things to the false prophets. Verse number 27. I like that he put this in here. But to you who are willing to listen. Are you willing to listen? Am I willing to listen? I'm willing to listen. But to you who are willing to listen, because not everybody's willing to hear this right now. Not everybody is happy about this right now. I could tell by looking at those in the room and perceiving those on the other side of this camera. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, how did Jesus do it? Love your enemies. Mm. Love your enemies. Okay, love, no. It's more than love. It's more than love. Go read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Okay. That's what he's talking about. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. 
He didn't say love what your enemies did. Let me clarify that. Because sometimes we can't separate the two. I can't love you and separate you from what you did or what you said about me. He's not saying love what your enemy did or love what your enemy is doing. He says love your enemy, the human. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Now, I'm, the word of God is doing something on the inside of you. That's why I'm, getting, I'm a little slow at reading this. Because your face is saying one thing, but your heart is saying something different. Your face is saying, uh, okay, can we get to the end? But your heart is saying, I need the word to grow in me because I need my life to be different. I need my relationships to be different. I need to hear what you're saying. I need to grow this seed. As, as, as much as my face is saying, I don't want to hear it, I'm hearing you. Do good to those who hate you. Do you know what do good means? Speak kind about. I'm telling you, this isn't the easiest thing to do in our flesh. You can't do it in your flesh. You've got to, by faith, just do it because it's the word of God to do. It's not speak, you know, good about everything they're doing and saying everything that your enemy doing or those who hate you saying everything that they're saying about you and doing is good. It's saying speak kind about them as a human. And in the world, words of Thumper's mama, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. You'd be better off doing that. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Now, some of you are like, okay, I get the pray thing. I'm going to pray for those that hurt me. God, get them. God, get them back and make them hurt just like I did. God, may nothing go well with them. Okay, that's not what it's saying. You know how I have to pray for my enemies and pray for those who hurt me? I have to say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in their life. God, your kingdom come, your will be done in their life. Open their eyes to see your purpose and plan for their life. God, open their eyes to see how much you love them. Because I can tell you, it, it doesn't matter who and how ugly a person is being. When they realize the love of God, they can't stay ugly anymore. When they receive the love of Jesus Christ and the purpose and the plan of Jesus Christ, they can't stay ugly anymore. Then it says, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If you love those who love you, big deal. What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you do good to those who do good to you, big deal. Why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that. If you lend money to those who can repay you, big deal. Why should you get credit for that? Even sin sinners live to lend to other sinners for a full return. It says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Listen, here's the key right here. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. Then your reward from heaven will be very great then your reward from heaven will be very great and you'll truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked when you look at all these instances of betrayal in the life of jesus you can see a few things we can see that he never let rejection stop him from fulfilling his purpose here on the earth he knew what he was here for 
He never chased after those who left or rejected him. When his brothers were calling him, calling him names, he never called names back. And he must have done it right because although his brothers rejected him in the beginning, in the end, all became believers in him. Even one, James, wrote a book of our Bible. James believed in him. Your family might be against you now, but if you do these things, instead of trying to change for them, argue with them, fight with them, try to spend your life trying to please them, if you choose to love, pray, and bless, God will open doors for you to eventually be a blessing to them, not because you chase them down and beg them to accept you, but because you love, you pray, you bless, and you trust God with the process. When the mass of followers rejected him, he didn't try and change his message to fit back in with them or run after them, begging them to stay. When it came to Judas, he knew he was going to betray him, but yet in the, if you read the passage there, he washed his feet anyway, served Judas anyway, spoke kindly to him anyway. And then when it came to Peter, <clears throat> who denied him at his most, you know, the greatest time of need, the Bible says Jesus shows up after he rises from the dead and all the disciples are in the boat fishing and he yells to them from the shore. He says, hey, you guys caught anything? They said, nope. He says, why don't you throw your net in on the other side? They did it and caught so many fish. Then one of the disciples, John, says, hey, it's Jesus, it's the Lord. You know what Peter did? He didn't wait for that boat to get to shore. He jumped out of the boat swam to Jesus they had this really great encounter there because here's Jesus and here's the one who denied him in his greatest time of need standing before him Jesus didn't go now you come that's convenient you bailed when I needed you the most and now you're back what do you want me to do with for you what like why are you here dude why are you here why'd you jump out of the boat you should have stayed with me you said you'd never leave me what's wrong with you what do you want from me now? No. He said, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you. He says, then let's do this. Let's do this. This is what I do know. I do know this. It doesn't matter the rejection, but there's the true God relationships that need to be in your life. God will circle them back around. Some rejectors will circle back around, and if you do it right, your relationship with them can be better than it ever was before. When I do these things that Jesus told me to do, it says then the reward from heaven will be great. It's like I'm cranking the window of heaven, the window of blessing open in my life. If, in, if I'm inside my house and I want fresh air in, I've got to crank open the window because that's how my windows work. I've got to crank open the window to let the fresh air in. If we want the blessing of heaven to come into our life, this is how we crank open the window. I love my enemies. I pray for those who persecute me. I love those and speak kindly to those about those who hate me. It's the crank, it's the key to opening God's blessing in my life. When I refuse to love, when I refuse to bless, when I refuse to pray, my blessing or my reward is shut out. What if? Just what if this is the key to seeing God's promise 
show up in your life? What if this is the key? Because the reward from heaven, I mean, we might think reward money. No, reward is favor, reward is increase, reward is multiple children sitting around your table. Reward is things even that money cannot buy, peace, wholeness, soundness in every area of your life. What if this is the key to seeing God's promise show up in your life? What if this is the key to seeing barren wombs open? Listen, I believe what I'm preaching today. What if this is the key to seeing increase on your job? What if? What if this is the key to seeing favor in your family and household salvation? What if this is the key to seeing healing show up and manifest in your body? Because God has promised you those things. But we have, to have, we have certain keys that access those things. It's our obedience that accesses those things. So what if this is the key? I don't know about you. My relationships are going to be different. You know why? Because I'm choosing today to do things God's way. How about you? Father, we thank you today for who you are. God, I believe that the word of God is sown into our hearts. God, although our flesh is super uncomfortable with all of it, God, I believe the spirit of God on the inside of us grabs this word and grows this word. And God, we make a decision today to apply this word. God, we make a decision today to apply this word. Although it might be uncomfortable at first, God, I believe as we apply this word, every kind word cranks open the window a little bit more. God, every prayer for our enemy cranks open the window a little bit more. God, every loving those who speak evil about us cranks open the window a little bit more. And God, I do believe we see favor, blessing, and overflow come into our lives. God, thank you for your word. I just believe, God, today, as we respond to the word of God, relationships are restored. God, I believe as we respond to your word today, families are brought back together. I believe, God, as we respond to your word today, our life gets better, bigger, better, and brighter as we put your word first. We give you thanks for that. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe you're in this room today and you've never received Jesus. Maybe you're at home and you've never received Jesus. Can I tell you, we are the worst rejectors of Christ. We have been the re worst rejectors of Christ. And the Bible says this, that Jesus gave his life for us when we were the worst rejectors that there ever were. Jesus still loved us so much that he didn't wait for us to love him back first. He gave his life to us first. Jesus loves you. God so loved you that he sent his son. Live a perfect life sacrifice his life for ours free gift to us if you've never received Christ I'm going to give you the opportunity to do so let's all in this room pray this together those are your home let's pray this together say Father God thank you for loving me so much you sent Jesus I trade my broken life my sinful life 
for his perfect life. I call upon his name today. Through Jesus Christ, I receive salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those of you who prayed that prayer, make sure uh, you go on our, our church app and let us know the decision that you made so we can stay in contact with you. We don't want to have you walk this life alone because we're here for you. Uh, I know God's got great things for us. You know, before we end today's service, we're going to pray and sing actually a blessing over your life. You know, I know sometimes when we sing this song, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. That blessing is a powerful thing. We just kind of think, oh, that's a wonderful song. That's cool. But in the Old Testament, when God established the gathering of his people, he had the, the, the priests, those who were declaring the word of God to speak a blessing on the people. And when they spoke a blessing, a blessing showed up. And that's what we do believe is when we say the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he give you peace. That that's yours this week, that you're gonna walk in a greater awareness of God being with you and God being on your side. So if you're in this room, let's go ahead and stand. Let us sing this song of you. Those who are at home, don't click off yet. I want to say thank you to those of you who, who've sown and given today. Because of you, we're affecting this world for Jesus Christ. Uh, those who want to give by check, whatever money, we'll have a bucket in the back. You can do so. Thank you again for being at church with us today. Let us sing this blessing over you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 